The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. And I oh, want to remind question. the congressman that... Uh, what, Speaker Pelosi has been here? Oh, no, we've had so many absolutely. fabulous people here. Absolutely. One, one year, Joe Biden was supposed to speak, got laryngitis, and we, we, we attracted this small-town mayor named Pete Buttigieg who came <laughs> yes. here and spoke to him. Yes. John Ossoff from Georgia was here last, last year. Last year? Joe Neguse, I tell you, I've, I've been an admirer of his. Uh, we've seen him in action on the floor of the House. Uh, we've seen him in the Senate, and... I thought, this is an up-and-coming star in our party. I want people in Illinois to get to know him, and I'm sure glad he came out today. Congressman, tell me about yourself. Welcome to Illinois, if you've not been here before, but welcome to the State Fair. Tell me about yourself. Born and raised where? Well, thank you for having me. This is my first time to Springfield, so okay. incredible to be in the land of Lincoln. Uh, raised in Colorado. Lived there since I was five years old, and uh, and everybody, I'm sure your listeners know that when Senator Durbin asks you to do something, you, you say yes. Absolutely. So uh, <laughs> uh, my privilege to be able to come here. Pressure is high, but I'm looking forward to the brunch this morning. Tell me about how you get involved in public service. You know, I was brought to public service like so many others, really through my family's journey to this country. My parents were immigrants, came here at a very uh, young age, uh, you know, worked hard, lived the American dream, and were able to see their son, one generation removed, serve in the United States Congress. So for me, it's <coughs> about service and paying it forward, doing what I can to make sure that that American dream is attainable for every American, just as uh, Senator Durbin, uh, Majority Whip Durbin, has done for uh, his entirety of his career back here in Illinois. Tell me about uh, how you're serving in the Congress, what committees on and so forth. So I serve on the Judiciary Committee and the Natural Resources Committee, and I chair the Public Lands Subcommittee. Colorado, uh, as some of your listeners might know, we got a lot of public lands, sure. as I know Illinois does as well. About 50% of my district is federal public lands. So uh, we've got the best skiing and, and some of the best outdoor recreation in the world and do my part to try to ensure that that industry remains thriving. Tell me about the demographic of the district. What are the people ser- you're serving? You know, the district is uh, pretty evenly divided. Democrats, Republicans, independents all of whom have kind of a Western ethos, right, that independent libertarian streak of uh, wanting to help their neighbors, but also ensuring uh, that, uh, you know, that at the end of the day, there's personal responsibility as well. Uh, Judiciary Committee, that means you had some involvement in an impeachment or two. Tell me your role in that and how challenging was that to to deal with? I did. A year and a half ago, the Speaker uh, uh, selected me to serve as one of the impeachment managers during the last impeachment trial, which brought me to... uh, Senator Durbin's hallowed chamber uh, for a few uh, days uh, where I was very, very nervous with sweaty palms coming in to present the case to the Senate and to the American people uh, about the events of January 6th and doing what we can to make sure that something like that doesn't happen again. Uh, Senator Durbin, the Inflation Reduction Act has passed uh, after so long negotiation between a lot of people and so on and so forth. how does this bill differ from what the original one was? Well, it's smaller. It's more focused. But I'll tell you, I wish I had a bag of sweet corn for every politician <laughs> in either political party <laughs> who's been sitting in this stool on your show saying we got to do something about the cost of prescription drugs. Right. We're going to do it. Finally, Medicare recipients are going to see uh, the prices come down dramatically. They'll have no more than $2,000 a year that they have to spend out of pocket for drugs. Uh, it's going to be a remarkable change. For example, those who are on insulin, we're going to cap that at $35 a month for everyone on Medicare. Some of those folks now are paying hundreds of dollars and more. So that's done. And secondly, climate change is for real. I don't know if you saw, Sam, when 
the big floods down in Kentucky. 37 people died just a few weeks ago. They had a good old boy from one of those towns in the, the hills of Kentucky, and he got out there and he said to the interviewer, he says, this is what climate change looks like. All of a sudden, we're getting floods and, and weather we never, ever anticipated. And so I think many people have begrudgingly come to the conclusion, we got to do something or our kids are going to have a mess. So we're doing more in this bill, the 40% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions in the next few years. It's a big move forward. Uh, how do you answer? I know you've asked this before, but uh, not on this show. How do you answer when somebody says, well, with all the spending, that's what's causing the inflation. Government is spending too much money. Look what happened to the pandemic. Prices drove, uh, rose through the ceiling. How do you address that? How do you answer that? We, we, we went head on. We said we're going to reduce the deficit by $300 billion over the next 10 years with this bill. Okay, Durbin, how are you going to pay for it? We said if you have a corporation that is on average in the last three years, listen to closely, had $1 billion in profits and paid no federal income tax, you got to pay 15%. Americans are used to that. Families pay their fair share. But there are some businesses who found ways to, to manufacture their path through the tax code. We said there aren't going to be loopholes big enough to let those folks off the hook. Everybody, if you got a billion dollars in net profits on average in the last three years, you got to pay some taxes, and that's going to go to deficit reduction. Congressman Nagus, your question, same thing. How are you going to tell people and say, well, you're spending more money, more money, more money. It's just going to cause prices to go up as opposed to addressing inflation. Well, I couldn't say it any better than Chairman Durbin. And ultimately, this was a def deficit reduction bill, right? When you think about the arguments that some folks are making about costs and so on and so forth, uh, I think it you sort of lose, forest, uh, lose the forest for the trees. Fundamentally, this bill will reduce the deficit by hundreds of billions of dollars over the course of 10 years. And we do that while simultaneously lowering costs for America's seniors. The prescription drug pricing negotiation piece, uh, it is a huge, huge deal. It's something that Chairman Durbin has been working on for 30 years, and it's finally happening. There are senior citizens here in Springfield uh, who will be paying less for their insulin and for their prescription drug prices, not 10 years from now, not eight years from now, but in the immediate future because of the steps that we took in just the last 14 days. Senator, uh, are you comfortable with the, with the w dealing with or trying to work out another treaty with Iran? Yes, I am. Why? It, well, I can tell you this. Wherever you stand in the Middle East, the bottom line is this. Nuclear weapons are destabilizing and dangerous. If we can get the nuclear weapons off the table, Iran's still going to be a terrorist state. I'm not going to taking them for granted in any step along the way. But get those weapons off the table. It's worth the effort. Division in the country. Uh, Nikki Brzezinski running for Congress just talked about the same thing. Um, are we as divided as a country as we've been since you've been involved, Senator? Definitely. I, I think back to my college years in the Vietnam War and the divisions in this country. They're pretty serious. This is worse. This is worse. And it reaches violent extremes. Uh, to the point where people think, uh, after watching social media, <clears throat> I'm going to take my gun and do something about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just see that. The fellow who attacks the Cincinnati FBI office ends up losing his own life. Others who are, are threatening you know, terrible things, and they're threatening against law enforcement officials. Uh, that's just unacceptable. There is no place for violence in American politics, right or left. No place for it. And every leader, every responsible leader should condemn it. I call on not only President Biden, but former President Trump. Condemn violence today, this morning. Do it together. Say to the American people, you never should use your guns or any form of violence to express yourself politically. 
That's just not what America's all about. But there's going to be some people that are going to say, okay, if we're going to condemn, shouldn't we also condemn the violence of people in the streets, rioting, Amen. looting? Of course. I know you well enough. Of course. I'm not insulting you, please. You know that I know you well, well enough. But, but you look at the situation and you say, it's terrible for somebody to be not only protesting in front of the home of a Supreme Court justice, but even worse, to threaten his life. Right. And we have legislation in the Senate Judiciary Committee to deal with that on a bipartisan basis. But the same thing is true when it comes to the FBI agents and the judge who issued the search warrant for Mar-a-Lago. His life should not be threatened at this point, but it is. And that is just not American. It's not acceptable. Do you feel safe? Are you you looking at your personal safety different now than you did 10 years ago? I do. January 6th changed my outlook. Sam, since I was a college kid going to school out in Washington, I have worked in that building. I love that building. It's not just a government building. It's our United States Capitol. It's a symbol of who we are and what we stand for. It's almost by cathedral standards when it comes to politics. And what happened on January 6th made me sick and angry. And, yes, I'm concerned about it. Congressman Nagus, you are a young person. Young people, as a rule, are cynical about politics and public service and so on. What the senator just talked about probably doesn't excite a lot of people your age. How do we get those people focused on getting involved? Look, I, I think to the extent that we can have politics rooted in mutual respect and in tolerance and in civility and inclusivity, I think we all benefit. And it's hard for me you know, to, to not recognize that we're in the land of Lincoln and to think of his example, right? I mean, the, 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 the fact that the President Lincoln called us to you know, sort of express malice towards none and charity towards all, right? And working together to try to find a common ground uh, between people who might have very different worldviews. We've lost that in recent years. The normalization of political violence, as uh, Chairman Durbin said, uh, is a real threat. It's metastasized over the course of the last several years in particular. It's something that we have to address collectively together as a community, as a state here in Illinois, and as a country. Senator, uh, the Ukrainian situation, uh, are we taking the right path? Are you comfortable with the direction, the involvement the United States has had? Totally. Totally. Vladimir Putin is not just a threat to Ukraine. He's a threat to world order and democracy. Uh, And his threats reach to other countries that you and I have some feelings about, like Lithuania and the Baltic states. Thank goodness Finland and Sweden are coming on board in the NATO alliance. That's going to make that neighborhood a lot safer in that part of the world. If Putin thought he was going to uh, roll over Ukraine and blow up the NATO alliance, he couldn't have been more mistaken. And I'm glad that we're standing behind those brave people in Ukraine. Should the FBI, should the Department of Justice reveal more information about what was behind or why they did or what they found in Mar-a-Lago? I hope they can do it. But, you know, the first priority is to make sure that we protect sources. We're talking about classified information. Congressman Nagus and I go in to look at the documents, the types of documents that were removed from Mar-a-Lago. You know what they do? They take our Fitbit watches. They take our cell phones. Anything that we write down, we have to leave in the room. This is serious business. We're talking about life and death issues for the security of the United States and people who are risking their lives for our country and other places. Their, their lives are at stake in this process, too. So this is serious, and we should take it seriously. The search warrant was issued. Uh, the FBI executed it on Mar-a-Lago. The president had his attorney present on the premises. Everything was videotaped. Everything was inventoried. You know, I think all of that information is public and should be. When it comes down to the sources, some of those sources, 
I, I, I really am concerned about the safety, their personal safety and the security of our country. Congressman Joe Nagus is with us from Colorado. He is the speaker today at the get-together at the BOS Center. Uh, doors open at 8, then the speaking starts at 9 o'clock. What are going to be the issues in your race? I presume you have... Or did you scare everybody off? I know we've got a race. <laughs> I'm not Chairman Durbin, you know. I've got, I've got a, I'm still very early in my career, um, yeah. So we've got uh, a couple of competitors. Look, the issues in Colorado are the same issues that I suspect are percolating here in Springfield, right? It's about cost of living. It's about being able to send your kids to a quality public school, being able to afford your mortgage or your rent, and wanting to ensure that your quality of life is preserved and that your children have a better future than perhaps. Yours. How big is the issue of uh, the Roe v. Wade decision going to impact your particular district and your race? It's a big issue, big issue in Colorado, and I think a big issue nationwide. Look, I, I think people are deeply concerned when they see a Supreme Court doing for the first time what it has never done before, which is taking away a fundamental right from the American people. That, that's something that's very serious, and uh, the stakes couldn't be higher this November in terms of electing uh, you know, Democrats in the Senate and Democrats in the House that are going to do their part to protect individual freedoms in the United States of America. Senator Durbin, I know you've had to deal with this a long time because from a government standpoint, center standpoint, and I know uh, from a religious standpoint, uh, it's it's got to be very challenging it for you. It is very challenging. Listen, Sam, I, I understand your listeners are going to be split on this issue for sure. And I think when you come right down to it and you say to folks, okay, should we ban all abortions under all circumstances? People say, no, I don't want to go that far. Well, then should we make all abortions available at any point in the pregnancy? No, I don't want to go that far either. Well, where are we going to go? Somewhere in between. Roe versus Wade took us somewhere in between. Folks at each poll, uh, right and left, didn't agree with it. But that's where we were as a nation for 50 years, as Congressman Nagus said. We said you have a right to make this decision, but it's a limited right. And now comes the Supreme Court and says, throw it out the window, start over. Now the national debate's underway, where are we going to draw the line? When you have a 10-year-old who was raped in Ohio, and they discovered that she was pregnant, 10 years old, after six weeks and three days of pregnancy, the state of Ohio said, whoops, she should have reported it uh, before six, six weeks. A 10-year-old? She had to go to Indiana to terminate the pregnancy. Now, that is a kind of moral dilemma we have to sit down and really face squarely and honestly. What was the right thing to do in those circumstances? Are we going to say no, carry that baby to term? Well, you know what that would have done to a 10-year-old. I think about my grandkids, and it's just unthinkable that one of them would have to go through that experience. But that's the moral challenge we face in getting it right on this issue. We start with the issue of basic freedom of individuals to make this decision themselves. Senator Durbin, um, give everybody the assurance that the president, I know what we see on some of the TV networks, cable networks, and so say that he is out of it, if you will. You talk with him on a fairly regular basis. I've got 30 seconds. I'm sorry. I can tell you something. He's on his game. And look what we've achieved under his leadership so far. A lot more to come. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks, Senator. Thanks, Congress, for meeting you. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Senator Durbin, as always. AM Springfield, stay with us. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.